Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment. So when we put our fingers into a baby's mouth, they tend to lean back. And what that does, especially when babies don't have the best head control, is it tilts their head back and opens up their airway. And that is not safe, especially when there's a piece of food in it. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. What do you do if your baby pockets food or won't swallow food? I remember when I was doing baby led weaning with my quadruplets, one of them, Dylan, who now is like our total hoarder kid who saves everything. But even like as a baby, who'd always have food hanging around in his mouth long after the meals were over. Like I'd go to change his diaper and I remember seeing some random piece of zucchini just up there on the roof of his mouth and it would freak me out, right? Because like, do you go in there with your finger? I mean, I could potentially push that food back into his airway, cause a choking incident. So Today, my guest is a speech-language pathologist who knows all about pocketing. Her name is Dawn Winkleman. She's a good friend of the podcast, a good friend of mine, a good friend of all of us because she creates these amazing products, lots of great resources. I'm always going to her for all things related to like learning about your baby's mouth when it comes to starting solid foods or developing speech. So in this episode, Dawn Winkleman is going to be talking about pocketing and what to do if your baby won't swallow food. So we're going to chat about like, is it ever okay to go into your baby's mouth with your finger? And she has some really easy ideas for helping your baby learn how to more successfully swallow food. As I mentioned, Dawn's been on the podcast a number of times before. Most recently, well, she was back in episode 300 where we talked about her brand new oral development tools. But prior to that, episode 254 was called How Babies Learn to Chew and Swallow with Dawn Winkleman. She's on social at Miss Dawn SLP. Another great resource for you guys to check out is the Easy Peasy page at Easy Peasy Fun because Dawn designs all of their products. They have an amazing blog with great infant feeding info there. Um, Don and I also co-teach a choking prevention and response course. We do that in conjunction with a certified CPR instructor. I'll go ahead and link to that course as well, plus all the other episodes kind of related to this learning how to chew and swallow stuff that Don and I have done together. That'll all be in the show notes in case you want to check it out. And that's at blwpodcast.com forward slash three zero eight. So with no further ado, here is Don Winkleman talking about pocketing and what to do if your baby won't swallow food. Hi, Katie. Thanks for having me. Okay, I'm excited to talk about pocketing. But before we get started, 
okay, we used to co-teach a lot of webinars together. I feel like we used to do so much more work together. I miss working with you. So we always used to start out our trainings with, what's the last food you fed a baby and how did it go? Go. So uh, the last food was a kiwi and breast milk popsicle, which um, is always fun to be able to introduce that new oh texture. Gosh, I love texture. your brand new mini pops from Easy Peasy. I was just using them with this baby, Florence, my friend's baby. And we made her an avocado and beet smoothie that I made into a popsicle and she freaking loved it. It was adorable. I got to send you the videos. Perfect. Yes, please do. All right. We're here today to talk about pocketing. I think it's a pretty self-descriptive, like what pocketing entails. But Don, would you please give us the full-on speech language pathologist definition of pocketing, if you can, please? <laughs> uh, so food pocketing occurs when a baby holds leftover food in their mouth without swallowing it. So Sometimes the food is chewed and like ends up being like this food ball. It's kind of like stuck. Um, and other times it can be actually whole pieces of food. And the key here is pocketing can be a choking risk, especially if the food becomes dislodged when taking baby out of the high chair or during play or even while doing tummy time or if the baby's sleeping. The pockets of the mouth, which is how the term kind of came, is in the cheeks on both sides of the cheeks as well as the front and back of their gum line. Um, it can also be underneath their tongue. So I've, I've found lots of pocketed food under baby's tongues. And it can also be on the roof of the mouth or their palate and underneath the bottom or the upper lip. And as a feeding therapist, when a baby is pocketing in these areas, it kind of gives me a lot of information. So you know, do we need to change the temperature or the texture of the food? Or maybe baby has a tongue or a lip tie that we need to assess. Um, so pocketing is self-descriptive, as you said, but it's it's also really important to know and for parents to actually look for so that they can know whether they need to kind of switch something up in feeding or actually reach out to a pediatric feeding and swallowing expert. Okay. Is pocketing always indicative of a problem or is it just sometimes part of learning how to, gosh, there's this new thing in my mouth and I got to figure out how to get it out of there. Like I, I don't want parents to walk away being like, if my baby pockets, I definitely need feeding therapy because I don't think that's what you're saying. No, it ends up being, it's it's also when baby's pocketing. You know, the first couple weeks or even, you know, the first month or two of baby led weaning, babies tend to be so interested in that, right? So they are not pocketing as much as we get a little bit older and we're getting more exploratory with a variety of different foods and tastes and textures. Baby's mouth is constantly developing, right? So a piece of food, mango, you know, two weeks ago went down, you know, very, very easily. But now, you know, we've got some budding of some teeth. Maybe we have a little bit of drooling happening with that budding of teeth. And so now the oral cavity has changed. And so now the mango is kind of stuck inside of the mouth. So what can we do? Oh, maybe we can refrigerate the mango and make that a little bit better of a temperature. Maybe we'll, you know, do a popsicle before we start solids to really alert the mouth. You know, things that parents can do is kind of change that up a little bit when, especially when it's a food that they've had previously. But if a child is constantly pocketing every single meal, then that's usually how I get the referral that the baby is having a tongue tie or a lip tie or having difficulties with that and end up having to um, come into feeding therapy. You make an interesting kind of correlation there. I was thinking the pocketing stuff reminds me to some degree of gagging because we oftentimes talk about how sometimes early on in baby led weaning, your baby doesn't gag. And parents are like, wait a minute, I've been training and waiting for all this gagging stuff you say is going to happen. It's not happening. It's not happening because your baby is hardly getting any food in their mouth on which they could gag. Or very early on in baby led weaning, when there's very little actual eating going on, 
there's so little food getting in the baby's mouth that the likelihood of pocketing is much lower. But as Don mentioned, as your baby becomes more proficient, things start to change, you might start to notice more of it. So it's something to be paying attention for along the spectrum of baby led weaning as you're helping your baby increasingly get more nutrition from food. And Don, I'm sure you hear this question all the time too, but like parents who are interested in learning about baby led weaning, they know from you and me that the safest shape and size of foods for early eaters are those soft strips of foods that are about the size of your adult pinky finger. And then they'll inevitably ask, but yeah, my baby picks up that pinky finger sized food and smashes it up and bites or pinches off a smaller piece. Is it then safe for the baby to eat it if it's no longer the size of the adult pinky finger? Yeah. So what's great about baby led weaning is that when your baby grabs that piece of food, and I always joke about it calling like the Hulk smash, right? The, they squish that piece of food and they're putting, you know, the edge of that food into their mouth and then they have all these like broken up pieces. What baby is actually doing is providing the sensory and motor stimulation needed to help to protect that airway. So if your baby is just going to kind of put those pieces that are, you know, left over onto their hand and they're just going to kind of suck those pieces up, it's actually safe because baby is really exploring that food. They're getting so much sensory receptors from the hand, from the lips, from the tongue, as compared to if we took that broken piece of food and try to place that piece of food into baby's mouth, right? That's actually going to increase choking risk. But if parents are nervous about that, they can always, you know, take those little pieces of food that kind of get, you know, all over the place and they can put it onto a baby led spoon, like the easy peasy tiny spoon that I designed. And they can put that piece of food and then offer that spoon to baby. It's basically essentially preloaded with those pieces of food. And then baby can actually work on their spoon feeding milestones, which is great. Or they can put it on the edge of the oral development tools so they can actually kind of work on chewing, right? And really work on that munching, chewing ability. Or they can put those pieces of food at the end of the meal and kind of mix them with yogurt and make a popsicle out of it. So there's a lot of different ways that we can kind of help that developmental piece as baby is really learning how to grade that hand movement to be able to, you know, keep that strip of food and not squish it too much and put that onto their gum line safely. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And Don, you and I designed and we co-teach a choking prevention and response course. We do that in conjunction with a certified CPR instructor. So I'm pretty sure I know how you're going to answer this, but when is it a good idea or when is it safe to put your finger in your baby's mouth if they won't swallow the food? So I never like to put babies in a position where they have to extend their neck back. So when we put our fingers into a baby's mouth, they tend to lean back. And what that does, especially when babies don't have the best head control, is it tilts their head back and opens up their airway. And that is not safe, especially when there's a piece of food in it. And the important part of your question here, Katie, is why is the baby not swallowing the food, right? Is the baby not swallowing the food because we actually made the slice too big? Or is the baby not swallowing the food 
because it doesn't really look appealing, or maybe they need to use a crinkle cutter to give it a little bit more texture, or maybe baby needs to have a little bit more sensory input. Maybe we need to heat that meal up to make it just a little bit warmer for them. Or maybe baby doesn't have the motor skills yet to be able to take that piece of food and chew it and know what to do with it. Or maybe we need to kind of wait a few more seconds. Like sometimes, you know, I've seen babies have that piece of food in their mouth and it's just kind of sitting in there and parents are wanting to reach in and grab that food because baby's just, you know, letting it kind of sit there. Well, maybe baby is needing a little bit more time to have that sensory input of that piece of food into their mouth and they just need to, we just need to watch them and kind of help them say, yeah, look, there's avocado in your mouth. Why don't you chew? And this is another reason why I love for parents to eat the same food that they're offering baby so they can watch us be able to model that chewing, right? And being able to model what we want them to do with their lips and their mouth and their tongue. And when we provide babies with that type of support, then we are not going to feel the need to stick our fingers into their mouth and, and increase the risk of baby choking. All right. So Lon, let's say you have a baby eight months of age, just starting to enter that like golden age of baby led weaning where everything's starting to click and they're starting to jam and pick up the food and put it in their mouth. Baby's at the table for 20 minutes for a meal. And then the last piece of food that your baby put in their mouth, it's just hanging out there and they're not swallowing it. And you're like looking at the clock, like, come on, I got to move on with my day here. What should we do in that instance? So that's when, you know, we can really think about ending the meal a few minutes earlier. So maybe baby is getting a little bit fatigued, right? So all of these changes, you know, baby's got it down, right? At the eight month mark, usually babies have it down. And and now maybe they're a little bit more fatigued. So maybe we kind of stop the meal a few minutes early, or maybe those last couple bites of food, we need to really amp up the sensory awareness, right? So maybe that we end the meal with some cold uh, breast milk from an open cup, or maybe we end the meal with a cold popsicle, right? To really help to improve that sensory awareness. Or oftentimes, you know, babies too need to kind of be not distracted at the very end because we tend to give off those vibes, right? Like, okay, yeah, we're all done. Let's, you know, let's clean this mess up and, and move on. But for us to not like, look at the phone or get or stand up, right? We're, we want to be able to sit with baby and really give baby those nonverbal cues that, you know, mealtime is still here and we are trying to uh, provide baby with a baby-led environment to kind of finish their meal. But sometimes we have to kind of look at what baby is doing and really see, okay, why is that piece of food hanging out there? What's happening? Do I need to increase that sensory awareness? Do we need to end mealtime just a little bit sooner? Do we need to decrease some of the distractions that are happening at the end of the meal? Or maybe we need to amp up the taste awareness a little bit more. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a storytime podcast with your littles? Something that has some great storytelling and maybe some conversation about it? Look no further. With Storytime with Philip and Mommy, my little guy Philip and I sit down every single day and read a story together. And we, of course, want you to join us. Grab your copy of the book, sit down, let's read it, and let's talk about it. We'll learn new words, we'll learn new ideas, and then we'll learn how we can use those stories in our lives. It's a lot of fun. Classics like Little Golden Books or Berenstain Bears, all the way up through the newest phenomenons like Bluey. 
We talk about them and we have a lot of laughs. It's a great time and we hope that you can come and join us. So please look for us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Storytime with Philip and Mommy. Thanks so much. We'll see you there. Yeah, or segue right into the open cup practice. It's kind of a good way to remind yourself that we should be practicing with the open cup for about five minutes after each meal, as Dawn recommends. And I love that idea because it kind of, I think, ultimately teaches your baby eventually how to swish and flush some of those solid food pieces away from the sides of their mouth as they're also starting to master those open cup skills. So can we talk a little bit about open cup practice and how can open cup practice help babies learn to swallow food? Yeah, so... The sips of the liquid provide baby with really interesting stimulation. So what happens is we have lip closure from the open cup, just stimulating that on, especially if you're using the easy peasy tiny cup that I designed, that soft silicone on that rim really provides baby with that sensory input to close their lips. When they close their lips, they breathe through their nose, they're able to hold their breath and really move that tongue up to the roof of their mouth and produce a nice strong swallow. So if baby does have some food that's kind of pocketed, that swallow of that liquid is really going to help. And this is a great thing to really start to implement in your routine so that you can have some open cup practice and really help make sure that the oral cavity is clear before you know you move on to get baby out of the high chair. Because I see a lot of, that's when babies have that choking episode, right? Is when we get them to lift them out of the high chair and all of a sudden we realize that there's some food in there. So those sips can really help pull the fluid through the mouth in a swallowing pattern that's, that easily clears the debris. And then we can change the temperature of that liquid. So, you know, for breakfast, maybe we're having that liquid be a little bit cold. For lunch, we're having it to be a little bit warm. For dinner, we're having it cold again. So we're kind of switching up and alternating those temperatures in order to help baby become aware of the food that still might be inside of their mouth. Well, Dawn, this has been really valuable information. I think you've helped set a lot of parents' mind at ease because they're tempted to maybe go in there and swipe the food out of the baby's mouth. You've given us some really great tips so we can avoid doing that because, of course, that could potentially increase the risk of choking. Dawn, where can our audience go to learn more about your work and to learn about infant feeding from you? They can go to easypeasyfun.com and, of course, be sure to use Katie's code, you guys, which is Katie10 for 10% off all of our pre-feeding and feeding gear. And they can also follow me on my social media, which is at Miss Dawn SLP. Well, thank you, Dawn, so much. It's always great to chat with you. Thank you so much, Katie, for having me. Bye, everyone. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Dawn Winkleman. She is one of my favorite people in the feeding space. I always learn so much from her. I'm going to go ahead and link to a couple of the other episodes that we mentioned that Dawn has been on teaching about chewing and swallowing on the show notes page for this episode, which you can find at blwpodcast.com forward slash 308. I will also link to the choking course that Don and I co-teach in conjunction with a CPR instructor. It's a choking prevention and response course. If the choking stuff really freaks you out, if you've already done your online CPR and you're like, you know what, I'm still just a little nervous. This is a very in-depth course that we designed together to bring you all the aspects of, you know, what increases baby's risk of choking and what can you do to reduce it? Plus in the event that your baby does choke on food, what do you do as far as response goes? That's all in the choking course that we teach together. And I love, 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 absolutely love working with Dawn. She is the most amazing professional and she has such a great way of making really complicated topics, especially about your baby's mouth and airway. Just simple, I hate to say bite-sized approaches and really good practical 
actionable tips that you can take to help make sure your baby gets a safe transition to solid foods. So all that stuff will be on the show notes, blwpodcast.com forward slash 308. And a special thanks to our partners at Airwave Media. If you guys like podcasts that feature things like food and science and using your brain, then definitely check out some of the other podcasts that Airwave hosts. We are online at blwpodcast.com. And thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.